Thanks for joining us at Mandarin Baptist this week. It's the start of a new year and a new decade. As this year kicks off, we are starting with a new series. Do you long for more of God's presence? What does God's presence mean for us? Are you wondering what God is doing or saying to you? What do you do while you are waiting? These are questions that we all have. So join us as we look to God's word for these answers. This is our new series. This is Presence. You could you could be seated. I would like to take just a moment to read the passage from the book of Hebrews chapter 13 verse 15 and then invite you to a closing of this service, a closing of a series of thoughts out of 2 Samuel 6 and the church at Ephesus and this idea that absent the presence of God, we're an exhausted people. Absent the presence of God, we have very little to offer, but oh, that we would be a people that would pursue the presence of Christ himself and allow him to be himself among us. I was, I was listening to Waymaker a minute ago and just thinking of, um, really, that for me, this was a, a collision of worlds. And that, that's not true for everyone in this room. But for me, I was sitting in a small group Bible study when Susan shared our story where we just started loving a kid. And I'm standing in a room on sacred grounds with a collision of worlds, one from the Panhandle of Florida all the way over to Northeast Florida, the collision of nations as the African continent and the nation of Eswatini becomes a part of who we are and our DNA as a church, a collision of vision as Kim and a few of her friends, but I believe it just started with Kim and a couple of friends walking a mall in this great city of Jacksonville and hearing more languages than they had ever heard before and starting to ask this question, what would Jesus do in the middle of this? What a, what a beautiful reality. I think, Kim, that was 19 years ago, and I might be off a year or so, but just walking a mall and just beginning to pray 20 years ago. I missed it by a year. Just walking a mall and saying, Lord, what are you doing around me, and how do we engage this? And I think the part that is so moving is having been a part of, a, as a prayer partner with Kim and the ministry at International Learning Center here in Jacksonville, all over the world. We were, I don't know where you sit. This, this, the lyrics of Waymaker, I don't, even when I don't see or understand or comprehend your work, Lord, you are. Even when I don't get it at all, you are. Like we, I was with Kim three years ago when we were in the most confusing and dark season that I've been a part of and really just head stayed centered on Jesus. Eyes were fixed on him and the progression forward was this. Jesus will gain glory. This is his. And so to, to stand in this room three years ago, utterly confused and sitting in meeting rooms going, God, we don't understand how you've had this curriculum develop and why things are coming off the table. The Lord was going, just hold on and trust me and trust my presence. And so truly, if you don't fully understand the whole story and even what I just shared with you was one, one thousandth of it, we were standing on sacred and holy ground and it was a ground that I hope could, that the Spirit of Christ is fully able of doing which is imbuing in the middle of us because every one of us are most likely standing in some level of confusion or lack of clarity and I just want you to know that even when you don't see that he's working, he is. 
He is our way maker and our promise keeper. And so that's why we arrive at this conclusion in the idea of present series is that we should follow the trajectory of the church at Ephesus that we need and desire and long for the presence of the living God with great doctrine, with great endurance, with great passion, but with also a great love relationship with Jesus Christ that is both real and personal. We, we must now open that door. And so I will read Hebrews 13, 15 before I get far too excited and carry on longer than I should. Yeah? Thank you. for that was, that was like such a great opportunity to amen the pastor. It says these words, through Jesus, let us offer to God a sacrifice of praise. It's the fruit of lips that confess your name. And we kind of landed last weekend with that heartbeat verse of this is the doorway for the, the, the living God, his presence to be alive and very real for us, his um, purposes to be the very domain of our heart, and for the king of glory to capture us with his essence. And we're, we just kind of arrived at a very simple thought of what we want to do is uh, it is through Jesus. That is the affirmation of our lips, the confession of our soul. It is the glory of our heart and that his name will be made known through the nation. So if that is the doorway through Jesus alone, then as a people after God's heart, we should nail open that door. What he, what he landed if you weren't here is with the church at Ephesus. You are doing great, but look, look, I just want you to make an adjustment here. This was in Revelation 2. I know that you understand that you make up the very home of the living God because you are living stones, building the meeting place, the house, if you will, of God himself. And so what I want you to do is now open the door of your heart of worship. Don't solely seek great doctrine, although seek it. Don't solely seek to endure. And many of us in this room have been enduring for a long season, forgetting that the King of glory is our endurance. And so we've just been, as Ephesus did, we have been sucking it up and staying in the game and pushing hard. And the Lord is going, here's what I really want you to do. I want you to fall back in love with your first love. And so church, I just invite you in, not to some touchy-feely idea of the presence of Christ, but I invite you in to nail open the door that you can do all things through Christ who will strengthen your core. And scripture also reads, you can do nothing apart from him. And so I invite you in to nail open the door. I, I, I close with these series of thoughts. Why would, you do, why would we do that as a church? Because we come through Jesus Christ. Anytime and so I just want to begin to welcome you to this table anytime, anywhere, in any condition. We come through Jesus for his glory. That's why Jesus said, I want you to remember me often. That's why he began with the church at Ephesus with remembrance. If you're going to repent and reflect me and be doing the things that you have done before, begin by remembering me. I invite you to the table of remembrance because that is the doorway. Nail open that door. It's Jesus. Anywhere, in any condition, for him. When we come through that door, it is in Jesus and through his cross that we're free. Thank you, Lord. I just want to read a slew of scriptures to you. 
When we come through that door, I will really camp out here next weekend and disciple now. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So welcome to the presence of Jesus. When we come through that door, we are eternally forgiven and we are made new in Christ. We are new creations in him. The old is gone. The new has come. Welcome to the glory of the cross. Welcome to the communion table. When we come through, his righteousness is our righteousness. We are children of God. Our debt is paid in full. We don't bring something like an offering here and being able to partake of this. We come receiving the consummate offering of the cross. And we just nail open that door and say, it's through you, Jesus, that we offer our one sacrifice, which is praise to you. So that the nations might be glad and rejoice. For you are king of glory. It's through him. We are children of God. The doorway is open. You and I, we do walk with endurance and in faith and with doctrine. But we walk in love with this rescuer named Jesus. That's the hope that I have. That's the promise that I have. You and I are made for God. I want to share this one other scripture. The reason that we come to this table is found in Colossians 1.16 when it says this, everything was made by him and every one of us in this room is made for him. And that's why we looked at David, the church at Ephesus, and then ourselves. And we said, Lord, we are made by you. In fact, you are the creator. You are the glorious one. We are made by you, Lord. That's the beautiful reality of who we are. We are made. This, this is the reason that a longing of our soul is for the creator, the glorious one named Jesus, because it's hardwired into our DNA by the creator. Thank you, Lord. I mean, the beauty of the language of, of Acts 17, and I'm not even going to land there, the beauty of the reality is Jesus walked into a bunch of worshipers who were groping in darkness for the reality of who he is. The beauty of that is that they were hardwired for the presence of the living God. And, and Paul, in a particular moment, and, and as he just did, he said, you're made by him, and you're made for him, and you were made for his glory. So welcome to this doorway. Welcome to the communion table. This isn't by accident. You are known by him. And the reason that you are here is for him. When we find our satisfaction in him, we're not listening to someone pastor talk about six steps. Our lives are six steps and we seat ourselves at the place of worship. And say, Father, we thank you for the cross. And so I want to welcome you to this table, to communion to movement for his presence and to his presence for the glory of God. I had, a, I had a dialogue with a friend of mine this week and I was reading and he just called. He's a very dear friend. He's a pastor. He lives in another city and he just said, well, this was about three weeks ago. He just said, Mark, I am so battling depression right now. And so I just went full throttle. I'm with you. How can we walk this? So it's daily messages, daily texts, daily realities, daily reminding 
in the middle of the confusing journey that we're made by God and we're made for God and we want to nail open that door. In the middle of all of what we have going on, we want to nail open that door. I'm beginning a series next weekend out of the eighth chapter of the book of Romans, which for me personally is the greatest chapter in scripture. And I would love for you to join us for the next six weeks. And we're, and we're so I'm reading that over and over for the last month, just day in and day out, multiple times a day. So I land there with him and I'm just, because that's just gonna, what I'm gonna talk about as I, as I write him. And I'm just sharing with him, look, I want you to know this, that this God, this powerful rescuing God, he is here for you. And I was calling him by name over and over. I want you to know that our God has compassion for where you are. I want you to know who you are in him. And I want you to know this. And church, I want you to know this as you nail open this door. You come to God by this adoption. Your DNA is forged by him. You're made by him and you're made for him. But he is reclaiming you and redeeming you when you have received him. You are adopted into him, receiving all all of who you are for all of who he is. That is a beautiful reality. And I was just, I looked at him and I said my name. Here's what I know about you. I know that you're adopted by God. And then I started going a little bit excited about all of the things that scripture says, like we're co-heirs and joint heirs with Jesus. We received all of who Jesus is. And it just went on and on like that. And I'm, again, I'll try not to be too excited about that. And then I, I just said, look, I want you to know that it's being testified in the heavenlies by the spirit of God, by the reality of Christ at the right hand of the father. And then I would invite you to this communion table with this thought. I called him by name and I could just start looking at the room and calling you by name. So just envision this. I called him by name and I said, look, here's what I'm reading. That we're adopted and we're children of God. You, you, God, as we are much loved, we are much loved sons and daughters in this room. Thank you, Lord. I want to nail open the truths of what you say about scripture and nail open my love for you, Lord. And I, I, I said, listen, right now, what I'm reading in Romans 8 is that Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father. So this literally happened right now for each of us in this room. So fill yourself in the story. He's sitting in the right hand of the Father, and I understand there's a lot of confusion in your life. I understand there's a lot of confusion in our lives. There are a lot of challenges. We're singing Waymaker and going, would you do it? And I said, Here, here's what I just want you to know, according to scripture that is happening in the heavens, is that Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father. And he is understanding you were made by him and for him. And he is one with the Father. And according to Colossians, he is actually the creative force for you. And at the same time, this is so intimate and personal. So welcome to this table because he is turning to his left from his right to the Father and starting to call each one of us by name and saying, let's talk about him. When I looked at my friend, I just said, listen, and I said his name. Jesus right now is turning to the Father who forged you. He forged you. And there having a conversation about you and he's interceding for you so that you and I would know in this room that we serve a way making God even when I don't know that you're working even when I can't see that you're working even when things are crumbling that's who you are that's who you are you're a promise keeper you Lord are a miracle worker and we worship you and so I just would whisper in your ear as we now share in communion as a family that God is seated in Christ at the right hand of the Father. And he turns, I believe, in sacred moments as the church gathers and says, Dad, Abba, 
Look down amongst them. Look at the sacred assembly. Father, let's breathe on this. And I am so thankful to serve a Savior who has done all of the things I've shared, Redeemer, Rescuer, King of glory, and friend. But I love a Savior who knows me by name and turns to the Father and cries out on our behalf. Welcome to the reality of presence. You might pursue it, but you serve the ultimate pursuer. We hope these messages impact you in all areas of your life. We know God's word is alive and active in our hearts as we read it and study it. So thank you for taking time to seek more of God's presence with us. Be sure to join us as we gather on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. Life groups begin at 9.15. We hope to see you next week.